All right, welcome back to Songa Center here in Lowell. Lowell leads Merrimack 3-0 at the end of two. Mike Macknick with John Leahy. Tonight's second intermission is brought to you by Merrimack Graduate Studies. At Merrimack, you can earn your master's degree in as little as one year. Choose from graduate programs in business, education, engineering, health sciences, criminology, and so much more. Visit merrimack.edu backslash graduate today for all the details. Joining us here, second intermission, Mike McMahon from the MacReport.com as we take a look at what's going on around the league, playoffs, uh, playoff scenarios, uh, implications, and so on, scores, etc., and what, what it looks like is going to happen next week. Uh, so first of all, uh, Mike, we'll take a look at this game here. Uh, after winning last night against the Riverhawks, 4-1, to one, uh, Warriors trailing here 3-0 at the end of two periods of play. And uh, Craig Pantano taking out 6 minutes, 31 seconds into the second period for Logan Halliday. But, uh, you know, first of all, I think that's really, uh, you know, can't call Pantano what was happening. Low certainly carrying the play. They did so in the first period uh, in terms of getting pucks in the net. Second period, though, really able to get even more traffic, more bodies, more uh, sticks on pucks, deflections in front of the net, making it pretty tough for Craig Pantano. And, you know, that's the kind of game I think, you know, Mark Denny's looking at that and saying, well, we got to play better than that. And, and, and that's the reason for the goaltending change. Yeah, I think so. I mean, all three goals really very similar, too, in the sense that they had a lot of traffic in front. And at least one of them was re- redirected. There was another one I thought may have been redirected, too. So you get three goals, all very similar, and, and you're not kind of clearing guys out of the front. And it's hard to blame your goaltender on three goals, and you probably couldn't see two of them. So uh, I think it's just a chance, too, to, to maybe get a look at Halliday. You know, he had that couple minutes a uh, couple minutes in, in Duluth, and that was about it. Uh, it gives him a chance to, to kind of get some action here before the end of the season as well. Uh, it's looking now more and more like it's, we're going to be back here next weekend, like it'll be Merrimack at Lowell in the two out of three series in the first round of the Hockey East tournament. Uh, I don't know that we can necessarily you know, take too much from whatever happened last night and tonight in terms of what's going to happen next weekend. It's going to be pretty interesting. You'll have the senior nights out of the way for both teams. Each team will have won a game. Uh, you know, Each team arguably will have outplayed the other team in each of those games. Um, but going into that series next weekend, uh, assuming that that is what we end up uh, what we end up having Merrimack at Lowell. How do, you, how do you see the series? Well, like you said, it's been pretty even, and I think it's going to be kind of a relatively even series. Uh, but the, the big question becomes, which Lowell team do you see? And, you know, we were talking about it earlier. Does Lowell just play better in front of Hernberg? It certainly seems that way. Uh, because not only is, is, I think, he a better goaltender, at least this year, but uh, you just, you know, look at the, the shot numbers tonight. You can just look at the, the comparison between their record uh, when Tyler Wall's been in the net, when Hernberg's in the net. They seem like a different team when it's Chris, uh, Christopher Hernberg. So, uh, that could be part of it. I mean, I haven't seen a ton of Lowell this year. Uh, the games that I have seen, I thought they looked pretty good. But most of those games, it was Hernberg getting the start. I remember a game against Northeastern earlier this year that I saw. Uh, it was Hernberg playing there, and I think they beat Northeastern here, if, if I remember correctly. Or maybe at a tie. But uh, regardless, I mean, it seems like they've been a different team this year with him in the net. He is the guy I would assume we're going to see next week uh, if the numbers say anything. So uh, I think it's just a matter of which, which team for Lowell shows up. Are they the team that's going to, uh, you know, score three goals and be out shooting a team 24 to 12 through two periods if Hernberg's in the net? Or are they the team that, uh, you know, gets outplayed, I think, and, and loses 4 to 1 with. Yeah, and as for uh, from a Merrimack standpoint too, you figure they haven't really tested Hernberg yet, so it's tough to know. I figure you know you you mentioned what you said, which Lowell team is going to show up. I think you can say the same thing for Merrimack, which Merrimack team is going to show up because you know what we saw last night and the kind of pressure that they put on Lowell, uh, the kind of speed that they were able to use. We haven't seen much of that tonight. No, we haven't, and that's uh, you know that's been I don't know if that's a, just something that they struggle with on the road or in the rink. It seems like it's it's been that way for most road games. This year, uh, you know, I struggle to really find or remember a road game where 
was a particularly so I mean, they've played good road games but I mean how many road games have they come away and really control the play and, and everything I mean there's been a few I would say uh, yeah I mean I'm trying to think UNH oh UNH yeah you, you, Denver, you, you, UNH I, I didn't see the Denver game but yeah no UNH probably the, the, the biggest uh, the most lopsided road win that I can think of this year uh, and then there's been some others I thought they played well at Colgate just didn't get the results and uh, I thought they played well at Duluth even in the tie and, and uh, you know allowed some goals there but uh, part of it is just the road too I mean you see if you look at their record split home and away look at the record splits home and away for most teams around the country and there's a pretty big disparity they score one one or zero or four like we said and it seems like that's the way that this series, this season is going to end up and you know next week are they going to score one or zero and lose a, a playoff game or a series or are they going to score four you know put four on the board and uh, potentially win a game in a series yeah I mean that's it's been the story all year it's been goal scoring and can they get enough of it you know because their goaltending's been pretty good it hasn't been it hasn't been uh, it hasn't been the reason where they that they've lost games at least not in my opinion so uh, I think the, the what it's come down to is goal scoring and, and that's kind of I mean that was kind of the what, what it came down to last year too I remember season preview stuff in September we were saying hey uh, you know they'll be all right if they can score 2.7 to three goals a game and I think they're at like 2.4 maybe uh, so that's been the big struggle and it's been the same story uh, since last year just can they find those goals on the nights where they've been able to they've played really well on the nights where they haven't they've struck talking with Mike McMahon from the MacReport.com and also from the Eagle Tribune and College Hockey News with Merrimack trailing 3 to nothing here at the end of the second period of play. So let me ask you this, Mike. Uh, any concerns here, you know, watching, obviously, Pantano taken out of the game uh, may lead to some some questions, you know, which goaltender would get the start next Friday. Yeah, you have to think that it's probably going to be Pantano that they come back with, but, yeah, you know, you don't know because Drew Vogler has, you know, played well times that he's been in there and has, uh, has played well in the playoffs in the past as well. I was just thinking about that, actually. Uh, I could see them going either direction. And then the other thing, I mean, I, I don't think Halliday would get the start just because he hasn't played all year. But what if he comes in here and doesn't allow a goal in basically two periods and makes 15 or 20 saves? Could you look at him and say, hey, he's the guy that played the best against UMass Lowell and he's got some confidence right now, so maybe we go with him. So, so I was thinking about that, and I was thinking, we can actually go back 20 years ago now. In 1998, last game of the regular season, the Merrimack's playing at Boston University. Number one in the country loses a game nine to one down at Walter Brown Arena. Tom Welby comes in relief with a score eight to one in the third period with about four minutes to go. And uh, and BU on the power play. They put Chris Drury in front of the net. Uh, he gets actually behind Welby between him and the goal. Cross checks Welby in the back of the head to knock him down to the ice and then tips a shot from the point in for the goal. No penalty called. Welby gets up, loses his mind, goes after. Big altercation on the ice. Uh, 9-1 final, but that ends up firing them up, and they come out the next week, and they come back with Welby, who had only played a, you know, a, hand, a couple of games, maybe a handful of minutes, whatever, in the regular season, and he comes out and he plays three games next week and makes 100 saves in three games to, I think, make a uh, set of record that lasted until that a couple years ago when UMass had that three-game series that included a five-overtime game at Notre Dame. But, you know, that... 
We've seen crazier things like that happen, but uh, I don't know what's going to happen next week. I mean, I think that you, know, you have to figure that Pantano team the most of the time is going to play, but uh, I think it's good to get Halliday in here. He's looked good so far. He's still got 20 minutes to go, but uh, you know, knowing what he can do and seeing what he can do gives you that much more of an option next week, depending on what you need. Yeah, I'm kind of surprised we didn't see him earlier. You know, and part of it is the fact that you know Craig Pantano played so well. There was really no reason to go to anybody else, and then when you were going to give someone else a shot a little later in the year, uh, I think it's the, the right thing to do to, to give Volkler that chance to kind of redeem himself after a tough start. So there really wasn't the opportunity probably to, to put Halliday in there. It wasn't like there was ever a time that you felt that both Pantano and Vogler weren't playing well. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I think it's one of those situations where uh, he's a Halliday is, is a goalie who comes from the USHL and I'm sure you know he wanted to play right away. And, and part of that too is you look at, okay, he played 100 games in the USHL. That, that's not a lot of goaltenders do that. If you stick around in that league, you're probably... Over, over how many years? Three? I think it was over three years, yeah. So, uh, But that, that's the best league in North America to produce college players. So I think at some point uh, people are wondering, hey, are you going to see this guy? But like I said, there really wasn't an opportunity to because once Pantano went in, he played so well, it wasn't like he struggled. If he struggled out of the gate, and I think if he struggled in those first three or four starts, then you probably would have seen Halliday get a shot in what that would, that would have been like mid-November, late November. Uh, but it never really happened. I mean, Hall- He played well and they started winning some games too. Exactly, yeah. So uh, you, you can't get away from him at that point because he's, he's been your better goaltender. He was, he was playing real well. you got to go with a hot hand. Uh, so there, there just wasn't really an opportunity, I think, to get him in there, uh, which is a good thing, by the way. I mean, it means your goaltenders weren't struggling. It's, uh, <laughs> it's worst problems to have, I think. All right, third period coming up here. I'm not sure that it really matters much, you know, what happens in this third period. Not that I would normally say that, but, uh, you know, playoffs coming up next week. Is there anything that you that, that's important to have happen in the third period here? Uh, well, I think a goal would be nice. Yeah, I don't think you want to get shut out going to the playoffs. So if you can get at least one goal, get some momentum going, know that you can beat this guy. I, I think that could be a struggle. If Hernberg turns away every shot in the third period, you come out of here uh, with a goose egg. Now you're going into next weekend going, okay, yeah, we, we beat their backup. Or just mentally, you know, we beat their backup on Friday, but, oh, man, you know, can, can we beat this guy? And he, came, he came in and shut us out the next night. So I just think mentally uh, a goal can do a lot for from a confidence standpoint in this third period, just, just to know you can get one by. All right, thanks a lot, Mike. We'll talk to you again soon, uh, soon probably being about five minutes or so. Thanks. Sounds good. Thanks. All right, that's Mike McMahon from the Eagle Tribune and the MacReport.com as well and College Hockey News. Check out his work. The score is 3 nothing. Lowell after 2. John and I are back with more right after this. This is Warrior Hockey.